1: your perfect home sweet home
0: from the abraham lincoln radio studio at the george washington broadcast center jack armstrong and joe getty the armstrong and getty show
2: The fact that the Federal Reserve is moving so aggressively to raise interest rates does make this a dangerous moment for the economy. I mean, this was not the plan. They preferred to just tap the brakes on the economy, just gradually raising interest rates. But they don't have that option because inflation keeps getting worse. And they were late to this inflation crisis. And so they have to slam the brakes.
3: That was the analysis on CNN that the Fed was too slow to raise interest rates, which is why inflation continues. To me, the whole is it a recession or isn't it out of the news today that the economy shrunk the last quarter is really not that interesting compared to the why do we have like every business in America has a help wanted sign. You can't hire people while we've got high inflation and we're in a recession. I mean, how all these things fitting at the same time? It's it's confusing,
4: right? To try to reduce it to a single word is ridiculous and useless. So let's uh, try to bring a little more detail to it with Jim Tankersley, the White House correspondent with a focus on economic policy for The New York Times, author also a couple of years back of The Riches of This Land, The Untold True Story of America's Middle Class, which I haven't read, but sounds really interesting. Jim, how are you, sir?
5: I'm great. Thanks for having me. You definitely are... should read the book. It's good. I oh, yeah.
4: You know what? By God, I'm going to read it twice just to make up for not having read it up till now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much.
3: So uh, our question is, what the hell? That's our question about the economy. Right. The, uh, the Various numbers do not match up with history. What the hell?
5: Welcome to my world. This is what I uh, I wake up every day and confront this question. It's a weird time, right? I mean, it, in, in, in some ways, that makes a lot of sense. We, we've just been through an incredibly weird time as a country. We're still in it um, with the pandemic and the pandemic recession and then the, the recovery out of it. And I think the easiest way to put it is we're just... Seeing some things we haven't seen in a long time in the economy because we're still working the kinks out, you know. Um, like you guys were mentioning, people uh, have not re- flocked back to their jobs as fast I think as, as some uh, uh, economists thought. We have a lot of um, help wanted ads uh, out there still, um, and people are still buying stuff at a really uh, fast clip that just they can't get their hands on. So it's pushed a, a lot of prices up, and then you know you had an oil shock from a, a war. Uh, uh, halfway around the world uh, on top of that. And it's a recipe for just um, a weird time, for sure.
4: And so if indeed it is confirmed that we are in a technical recession or something like that, what's your reaction to that news?
5: I mean, I, I think, um, first off, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, for example, the Fed chair Jay Powell yesterday uh, said we're probably not in what will eventually be considered a recession Um because particularly because job growth is still so strong, but it's that, that doesn't mean it's not a very concerning time in the economy, or that we, we you know we could be in recession uh, any day now. Um, it, it is. It's a really concerning time in the economy, and I, I think high inflation is the big reason why uh, people's real incomes, uh, so their buying power, uh, are going down for the most part, and that's um, everybody feels that. Everybody feels that that that. You know, food is harder to get. Gasoline is harder to get than it was a year ago for, for the money that you have. And um, and the worry would be that that feeds through to everything, that employers stop hiring and start laying people off. And then and then you're in a really bad shape. But um, what the Fed is trying to do and, and now what the Congress may be trying to do a little bit it, it is to to push back against in- inflation, try to relieve pressure on prices and and see if they can get the economy kind of back toward something that looks like normal.
6: Well, so
3: whether or not the uh, you know the geniuses decide we're in a recession or not, I saw some polling that sixty five percent of Americans f- think we're in a recession. so you know that's a, that's a pretty big deal politically or in terms of spending habits, although you just mentioned people are still buying stuff like crazy. Um, the coverage of economics has always bothered me because people like to get excited about various things, but wouldn't wouldn't it be fair to say? So yesterday, you have the Fed raise interest rates to try to slow down the economy because that's what inflation is. It's too hot and we've got to slow it down. We find out today we're either in a recession or close to it because the economy slowed down. That was the whole point. I mean, so isn't that just good news, more or less? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, if the goal was to slow down the economy and the next day you find out the economy's slowing down, that just seems like a win. <laughs>
5: Right, and I think that I think you know Chairman Powell was asked about this yesterday. I mean, I think the Fed is well aware of the ways the economy has been slowing, and they they feel you know they've been raising interest rates. They're trying to slow it down, but they they don't see as much of the slowing as they want to see yet. Not necessarily in terms of growth, but in terms of the job market. What what they want is to is to get um, sort of less pressure on prices. By reducing sort of the demand out there that people have for things. And they think they're, they're being successful, but they're going to keep pushing really hard because they, they want financial markets and, and people, um, to believe that the Fed is going to reduce inflation. So, so that we don't get in this spiral where people expect prices to be higher and so they demand higher wages and that just speeds, you know, becomes self, self-defeating basically. Um, so, but to back up to what you just said, because I think it's really important, I, I, I think that everybody feels like the economy is in a not great place right now. It's not just the 65% or whatever the various polls show slightly different numbers, but it's like a majority of Americans think we're in recession. It's Consumer confidence is, is in the tank. Um, people have very low approval ratings of the president of the economy right now. People just feel like it's lousy. And that's despite the fact that the unemployment rate is, is 3.6% and, and we're still creating hundreds of thousands of jobs a month. So, um, I think that what the Fed is trying to do is attack the thing that is making people feel most lousy, which is inflation. And it's not worrying so much about these economic growth numbers we've seen so far, um, uh, especially because unemployment's so low.
4: Jim Tankersley, leave. The New York Times is on the line. Oops, excuse me, Jim. I'm just getting over COVID. Perhaps you've heard about it. It's a disease that allegedly came from <laughs> Chinese bats. Anyway, um, uh, into all of this uh, difficult-to-comprehend economic mix comes yet another uh, factor in this new plan that the, uh, the, the Senate seems to be ready to pass, uh, a, a giant new spending proposal dealing with climate, energy, non-related stuff, all sorts of stuff. What's your reaction to that? I know you're part of the team writing about the, the brand-new uh, deal.
5: Uh, I boy, I, I have been covering uh, this deal for what feels like half of my adult life now uh, <laughs> as, as, as it goes through various iterations in the Senate. You know, it was it started off as a proposal from the president that the Democrats then put into budget language. And then it it rose and fell and rose and fell. And at this point, I'm you know, I, I'll believe that it's actually real when it, it, the president has signed it into law. However, what they announced yesterday is definitely a, a, a much bigger deal um for the Democratic agenda than what it appeared they had on the table just a few days ago. Um, the big components are a prescription drug price reductions for, for Medicare, which is something that they were probably going to do anyway. Um, but then, um, a whole bunch of energy spending and tax credits, actually it's mostly tax cuts, um, meant to transition the country to like lower emission sources of energy, both, both for cars and, and for electricity. And then some tax increases in corporations basically that, that offset that and, and pay down the federal budget deficit. Um, all, and I've been talking all morning to economists, as one does, uh, about what it might do uh, for inflation. And the general consensus is mm, maybe it has a little bit of a uh, uh, of a of a positive effect, in, in, but which I mean, um, in bringing down prices, uh, uh, especially over the medium term.
3: Wait, wait, but, wait a second! You know, I just want to make sure I understand this: the bill that is named an anti inflation bill. You talked to a bunch of economists, and they said maybe it has a little bit. <laughs>
5: Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, the, 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 right. No. You know, economists. Most economists are pretty, uh, pretty nuanced folks, as you guys have been noting yeah. throughout this conversation. Um, right. And so they, they have some forecasts, but yeah, nobody I've talked to has said this is going to dramatically cut inflation, and I don't think there's any way you could expect that that would be the case.
0: It's okay. just,
5: it's just not enough money. But it's. But um, there, there are a lot of economists who think. Um, that on the margins it will be helpful and that in particular areas like like um drug costs for uh for seniors who are on medicare uh it could be you know especially impactful but it's uh for something called the inflation reduction act uh it is not uh a massive attack on inflation um and you know no matter what anybody does uh, politically says about it it's sort of the economic consensus
3: interesting well i'm, I'm glad you uh, brought that up that's that's interesting news jim
4: tankersley of the new york times jim i'd forgotten you're from beautiful mcminnville oregon i love the willamette valley what a beautiful part of the country
5: uh it is it's great it's uh it is it is beautiful and and spectacular and uh and i miss it all the time
4: nice folks and uh, some fine pinot noir for sipping jim always great to talk to you thanks for the time thank you so much for having me
3: it's always great so thank you. yeah that was good and he's he's really good Love um, Jim. He yeah. used to be with the Post. Now he's with the with the Times, and that's a New York Times economic reporter saying he talked to a bunch of different economists. I'm sure that he respects, or he wouldn't be calling them about the big giant anti inflationary bill. Bull crap. <laughs> you can call it
4: that. You can call it the "giving pandas better erections" bill if you want. It's spending a ton of money on Jeez. a bunch of stuff.
3: It seems like that'd be a weird, misleading name. I don't think there's a dollar in there for panda erections.
4: Well, if there were, they could name it that. That's my point. The name is arbitrary political bull duty.
6: But if the
3: New York Times economics guy talks to his friends and they say, yeah, maybe a little. (laughs) I mean, could be around the edges. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. That's that's something.
4: Yeah, it's it's bull crap. It's a climate plan. It's Well, it's a giant helping a pork, you know, let's face it, that appears to be a lot of climate, some prescription drugs, some just handouts. Uh, some taxing the rich. It, yeah, and, and corporations, because as soon as we bring those companies to their knees, then we'll have some jobs. Uh, it's just it's the typical lefty spending spasm. And, you know, we'll see what happens.
3: Well, that was interesting. I'm glad we talked to him. I learned something there.
4: (sighs) I think we're spending ourselves into oblivion. Although, listen, I'll give him credit for at least they stopped saying, we'll just print the money to cover it. Yeah. They're at least taxing, which is, you know, is terrible and, and will hurt the economy and hurt real people because you end up paying the taxes, not the corporations. We've well, been over that many, many times, but at least they're not freaking billing our grandchildren yeah.
3: for it. We, we got to take a break, but it's worth pointing out. It's being described as the biggest cut in our deficit in many, many years. It's $300 billion over 10 years. We yes. we we lately have been going a trillion dollars further in debt per year, and this is going to cut thirty billion a year. And it's the biggest deal that has happened in a long time. I mean, what the hell? That's making part of the minimum payment of your credit card debt.
4: <laughs> it's it's throwing a couple of crumbs to a starving man. I'm sure he's glad to get them, but uh, I notice
3: you could have done a lot better. Well, more on the way. Stay here.
6: The Armstrong
0: and Getty Show. He's a 10, but he leaves mid-delivery. He's a 2. He's a 2, but he kisses her on the forehead after she delivers. A 10. He's a 10, but he tells her she doesn't need an epidural. That's a negative. <laughs> He's a 2, but he cries at delivery. That's like 8. He's a 10, but he brings his Xbox to delivery. A fourth. He's an 8
3: but he tells the doctor to put an extra stitch. <laughs> oh, my god! Oh my god. Oh, wait, uncomfortable. We might have to listen to that again when you all know what that is. I like this new thing because I'm I'm really uncomfortable with the whole idea of just rating people on their looks, but sure. this is not that, really. It's 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 rating you on your behavior. To a certain extent, sure. Those are labor and delivery nurses, as you might have
4: figured out. Ladies certainly did immediately.
3: Yeah. So, but but it's it's again, it's not it's not criticizing oh or judging god, people. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm sorry.
4: People with the capacity for birthing. Yeah, you don't know those that out out women. <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: you know what? I got a pretty good idea they were.
3: But it's, so it's the idea. If a guy, it's basically saying, do you like a guy more or less if he does X? Is what it is, but or how much does it affect your p- opinion? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Let's listen to that again.
0: He's a ten, but he leaves mid delivery. He's a two. <laughs> He's a two, but he kisses her on the forehead after she delivers. A ten. <laughs> He's a ten, but he tells her she doesn't need an epidural. <laughs> that's a negative. <laughs> <laughs> He's a two, but he cries at delivery. I'm gonna say eight. That's He's a ten, but he brings his Xbox to delivery. Oh, a fourth. <laughs> He's an eight, but he tells the doctor to put an extra stitch.
3: <laughs> it's a zero. Put in an extra stitch. Oh, boy.
4: I'm not any more comfortable with that one.
3: <laughs> I like the kisses are on her forehead. Oh, that's, that's sweet. fantastic. Oh, you man. You got to do that, don't you? Come on now.
4: Boy, based on all those things, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just saying the, the the labor and delivery nurses rated me high.
3: Oh yeah, I'd have been a thirty. I was a uh, I, 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 I home run on <clears> all <throat> of those. Although I so, almost so
4: so I could have hit on any one of them, <laughs> which would have made me a minus fifteen.
3: <laughs> I almost missed Sam's uh delivery because I got I went out to get Jamba Juice and uh dilly dallied and almost didn't make it back in time oh, just barely
4: made it back oh that would have been horrible dilly dallied. i mean to what extent did you like go see a movie or? well we'd
3: been there for like you know how it goes sometimes we'd been there for a dozen hours or something like that and things mm-hmm. were not nothing was happening and so you know the idea is send me to get jamba juice for her not for me and um and uh there was a cool motorcycle in the parking lot and i was kind of hanging around looking at that after i got the jamba juice because killing time been in yeah, that I had my room. golf
4: clubs with me, and I thought nine <laughs> holes would be relaxing.
3: <laughs> well, there's a bar at the end. And so. I saw there was a new Thor movie out, so I dialed up the Netflix. Anyway, uh, somehow I missed the texts and emails and just barely made it back. I mean, moments before it happened. Whoa! Scary. Woof. In your
2: defense, Jack, I remember they had told you, oh, it's going to be hours.
3: Yeah, yeah, they did. They did tell me, you know, you got plenty of time. Don't worry about it. They were wrong. Boy, Liars! for the... Uh
4: the young adults in the audience or those expecting or whatever don't believe anything anybody tells you about how soon it's going to be or going to not be. Trust me on that. It's it's like a weather forecaster. 15% chance of rain tomorrow. What that means is run for your lives. <laughs> the thunderstorm <laughs> you'll never forget. Could be pounding on your head or it could be blazing sunshine. You just don't freaking know. <laughs> run
3: so for stay your lives.
4: Light on your feet. So coming up next segment, uh, this is notable for a couple of reasons. I think partly just because Harvard researchers who frequently lean left were involved. But the whole guaranteed income thing, giving people stimulus money, how does that actually affect their behavior, not on the chalkboard, not in theory, but in real life. Mm. The results will not shock you if you
3: have any common sense. I love that sort of thing. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
6: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S.
2: Report: The Chevy Silverado is the most stolen vehicle in the country. Yeah. And Chevy decided to use this
0: fact as a selling point in their latest commercial. So, our Silverado is the most stolen vehicle in America. Well, maybe it's because of our Duramax turbo diesel engine. Or maybe it's because of our automatic emergency braking. Or just maybe it's because our doors don't lock, there's no alarm system, and you can start the truck just by breathing on the steering wheel. <laughs>
3: Chevy Silverado. Apparently they're free now.
0: I saw that today.
3: Uh, Irresponsible. And now I'm dodging potholes in my sunburnt Silverado. Best country song of the last year, according to my brother. Really? Who dat? The guy that got booted off Saturday Night Live for saying the N-word in a video, whatever it is. He's good. When he
4: was wasted drunk?
3: That guy's freaking good. Is he um, like... Morgan super. Wallen is that what his name yes. is? Yes, yeah, yeah, good
4: call. So is he like super good in like uh, I would like him, or just like uh, in the same way Cardi B is good at what she does? I don't know. I don't even know what that.
3: You means. might actually like him. Yeah, he's definitely not uh, uh, jumping. like slick jumping my jacked up four wheel drive with your bare feet and your hat on backwards and all the cliches that they have to fit into every single country song. Right, right. I'm gonna look into the lad. All right, thank you for that tip, because I do love my roots rock, my uh, my traditional American music. She said, let's go shoot tequila, so we walked back to that beach bar. She said, don't you cowboys all drink whiskey? So we ordered bottom shelf. It's a cool song.
4: Wow, I like that. That's some good detail. Uh, so speaking of details, uh, I I'm a blessed guy. I have a happy life, and I hate to complain about anything, but as I mentioned earlier, Judy and I canceled our vacation literally at the last second. Well, all right. No, figuratively at the last second, literally in the last hour before we were going to get it on an airplane because of the freaking COVID. And so I'm working from the home studio because we're just we the Chinese bad fever. It's thick on us. And uh, and they've now cut off our water. Apparently, there's some problem with the water line. So we have no water. So at the end of the next commercial break, if we come back and there's a pit bull chewing on my leg somehow, it won't shock me.
3: (laughs) So it's did one you, of those days. So did you build your home on an Indian burial ground, or what happened? <laughs> Why are you cursed like this? The realtor tried to tell me.
4: I told him, for that <laughs> price, who cares? <laughs> so speaking of monetary policy, this is interesting. Did pandemic stimulus payments harm lower-income Americans? Harm? That's the implication of a new study by social scientists at Harvard and the University of Exeter which is in England. Liberals argue that no-strings-attached handouts encourage better financial decisions and healthier lifestyles. The theory is that low-income folks become more future-oriented if they're less stressed about making ends meet. That's the whole universal basic income argument. Which I've found at least intriguing, at least worth considering. Their reasoning is well, at least their reasoning sounds like reasoning. Well, it's not like your critical theory garbage that's just mumbo jumbo, you know, incantation.
3: Right, and there are people in in various areas of, of uh, politics that are into the guaranteed income thing, like Charles Murray, who's certainly no left winger, likes the idea. Although it always includes you got to get rid of the social safety net, though. I mean, that's the right. only you know, that's that's part of the deal. But,
4: right, right. You make it very simple and guaranteed, but then the qu- quilt, the patchwork uh, programs goes away, which will never happen. Anyway, during a randomized trial conducted from July 2020 to May 2021, researchers assigned uh, about almost 2100 low income participants to receive a one time unconditional cash transfer of either 500 bucks or 2000 bucks. Another 3,170 people with similar financial, demographic, and socioeconomic characteristics served as a control group, uh, trial-funded, blah, blah, blah. Participants earned an average of $950 a month, had $530 in unearned income, like food stamps, about 80% had children, 55% unemployed. Over 15 weeks, they were surveyed about their physical, mental, and financial well-being. 43% 43% also agreed to allow researchers to observe their bank balances and financial transactions to really get an idea of where the money was going. And, and I want to I clarify this, because I was talking about universal basic income. This is more about one-time cash infusions than universal basic income, to be fair, this study. It was more about stimulus checks.
3: True, which would, 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 would change your psychology.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the top line result is handouts increased spending for a few weeks, on average $26 a day in the $500 group and $82 a day in the $2,000 group, but had no observable positive effects on any individual outcome. Bank overdraft fees, late payment fees, and cash advances were as common among the cash recipients as the control group. Handout recipients fared worse than... On most survey outcomes, they reported less earned income and liquidity, lower work performance and satisfaction, more financial stress, sleep quality and physical health, and higher levels of loneliness and anxiety than the control group. There was no difference between the two cash groups.
3: More money, more problems, is
6: what they're saying.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Mr. (laughs) Scent.
6: To to
3: be fair, I I think it is a big difference in the one check versus... You're going to get this money forever in terms of the way you're going to look at your spending. I don't know that you'd get a different outcome, but it's a different thing.
4: Yeah, and that was my fault for even framing it that way, honestly, Um, because this is more about, like I said, stimulus checks. Uh, If uh, they make the point, if transfer payments were a ticket to the middle class, the war on poverty would have succeeded long ago.
3: That's an excellent point.
4: The, searchers posit- the researchers posited that perhaps the cash payments weren't generous enough to generate a positive result. Quote, receiving some but not enough money may have made their needs and the gap between the resources, resources and needs more salient, which in turn may have made them feel distressed. Needs is an objective term, though. The theory is that low-income people who get handouts become more stressed when they realize they still couldn't afford everything they needed or more likely wanted. If that's true, simply giving people even more cash will lead to the same problem more plausible Mm. they write the payments made work less rewarding which reduced feelings of personal well-being wow this is the great factor that the left just can never understand that feeding yourself and those you love is a purpose and it's a powerful purpose and living a life of purpose is one of is perhaps the single most important indicators of happiness a human being can have
3: well, and just the idea of how do I feel about a car that i I won like I win <laughs> a raffle versus one that I was able to buy because this is you know what I've created for my life, just a completely different thing. yes, yeah, hundred percent the
4: pride you feel when you walk out and look at it or, yeah. or whatever now, on the left, speaking of the left, there are uh there's a phrase that they like to throw around blaming the victim um i I will tell you this. Every time I have been the victim, well, many times in my life that I have, quote, unquote, been the victim of something, I should be blamed. <laughs> I was absolutely the, uh what do they say, the architect of my own demise. Right. So I'll, I'll say what they say about <laughs> that in a moment or two. After a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, home security, the best choice you have. You know, there's the, the sergeant at arms of the house was talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars to enhance the home security of members of the house of representatives. And I'm like, don't be an idiot. Everybody needs to just call Simply Safe and sign up for that. It's the best home security system you can buy.
3: I know people that have other security systems, they're locked into a multi year contract. They don't ever use their security system, they get out of the contract if they could. Often because the security systems, the the menu pad and everything is just too complicated. Simply Safe is simple in all kinds of different ways. Simple to order. You go online. You customize it for your own home. It shows up to you. Simple to set up in about 30 minutes. And then no long-term contract. You're not locked into anything. It's about a dollar a day. No contract or hidden fees. And now you're safe. It's, it is, according to a lot of publications, the best home security system you can get.
4: Yep. 24 seven professional monitoring, the proprietary video verification technology that gets you higher 911 dispatch priority. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today. Use our code, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So, uh, back to the financial study thing. They, they this, go through the, the, the,
3: the guaranteed yeah. income idea is All psychology, isn't it? It's all about psychology. So we've got to do these experiments over and over again. Well, largely about psychology, yeah.
4: Yeah, you're right. Uh, But I I like the idea of doing the experiments with an honest broker interpreting the results. Because there's so much ideology. Sure. Sure. And, and you know, my complaint, which I've voiced many, many times, including a few minutes ago, is that so many of the schemes of the left look great on uh, chalkboards or on paper, and they sound wonderful in the classroom when described by the enlightened professor. But out here on the streets where the real people live, it just doesn't work because human nature doesn't change, and people on the left don't understand human nature. They keep thinking they can perfect humanity. It's a fool's errand. But uh, getting back to the study... um. As for financial outcomes, poor people often struggle to manage money. And this is one reason why many remain poor despite receiving plentiful government assistance. Merely giving people more money won't make them better stewards of it, as the study shows. In some cases, people spend more than they receive and become even more overextended than they were before they were given the check.
3: Wow. And by the way, you can see most people who win the lottery for how a lot of people handle getting a big chunk of money right
4: right exactly and if you're going to be a hard-ass conservative you might say well see it doesn't do any good to give these people money okay you know and there's something to be said for that if you were going to be a compassionate conservative you might say wow teaching people how to handle money might be the most important thing we can teach them in schools next to read and write and arithmetic. But I'm sorry, teaching little boys that they're probably little girls. You're going to have to get even further back in line behind the stuff that ought to be taught, because this stuff ought to be taught.
3: Well, I've, I've got an important point, I think, to make on the psychology of this, but um, we ought to take a break, and then we can uh, revisit that. And we've got important breaking news today. Oh, my. That includes the uh, buzzer and uh, ooga horn. And probably some crying. So if you haven't heard that, all on the way.
0: The
6: Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. For to be so wild. your lives,
4: ladies and gentlemen. It's official. We are in a recession. A recession has begun. Well, it began. We're in and- it. knife point (laughs) i can't stop crying (laughs) honey give me the gasoline i'm gonna set fire to the house for
3: we're in a recession i can't stop
4: crying or we're not whatever uh, the quarter might have been down two tenths of a percent annualized nine percent they'll readjust several times i don't know
3: and the fixation on the word is so dumb yeah It is, Um, but uh, let me find this. Uh, Somebody tweeted this out. Clearly true. The people proclaiming recession today would be using the exact same apologetics at the White House if Trump was in office. The people arguing that the recession never meant two straight quarters of negative growth would be proclaiming recession if Trump was in office. And we all know that. that, And we all know that that's true. 100%. Yep. Whatever. Oh, by the way, Biden and she just wrapped up their two hour and 17 minute phone call. You hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> you hang up. So maybe news will start leaking out of what they talked about. Yeah,
4: yeah. I'm curious to hear, uh, you know, if there's anything substantive, but uh, it's that, that relationship is so, I mean, what are you hoping for in our relationship with China just no cataclysm as over the next 40 years, the Communist Party loses power and something better takes. I don't even know what I'm rooting for exactly. Right. More independence economically for the United States. I know I'm in favor of that.
3: Well, we want status quo of the last 75 years. That's what we want. They They want exactly the opposite.
4: Yes. Yeah. Although, gosh, with their political problems, their
3: demographic problems, their economic problems... Ah, where that goes, nobody knows. Is Nancy Pelosi going to go to Taiwan or not? Did they talk about that on the phone call? Did she threaten uh, military action like they have in the press over Nancy Pelosi's visit? Or I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And to make it triple complicated,
4: you know, you you root against China's uh, rise, right? I do. But with uh, Xi Jinping trying to go for his unprecedented third term as Grand Poobah, um, you know, if he life senses a lack of support the first thing he's going to do is trigger some sort of international conflict you know rain some blows down on some poor island nation or probably not the u.s navy but or get extra belligerent with taiwan so everybody rallies around him so you know it's a dangerous time i'd say hey one more aspect of that economic study i was talking about earlier from harvard um A 2018 study in the Journal of the American Medical Association, which, if anything, leans left. Well, if anything, the AMA is a lefty organization. They absolutely are. But they did a big study examining the diet quality of food stamp beneficiaries from 2003 to 2014, a period in which average benefits increased more than 50%. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that's one of the great untold economic stories of our time. Whenever anybody talks about income inequality, they leave out government uh, programs, government checks, uh, you know, charity or not charity, but uh, the safety net. There are so many benefits that people get these days. Their income is far, far higher than it seems because you just look
3: at private income anyway. How crazy is it that the Republicans don't inform American people about that? I should have heard. I should hear that on every talk show that ever that I ever see a Republican on where they're talking about, you know, income inequity or whatever. But they don't because they're stupid. Well, there are a couple of reasons. Number one, as you've pointed out, the old
4: saying is if you're explaining, you're you're losing, which unfortunately extends to if you're explaining something that's really important to explain yep. and is really really simple. In politics, you're still losing. You know, part all of the problem might be is slogans.
3: Plenty of Republicans who are on all kinds of government programs, also, so that might be part of it.
4: That's true too. Absolutely, especially given the changing complexion of the uh, political parties. Ah, uh, good point. Uh, but anyway, so uh, who knew that from 2003 to 2014, the average benefits increased more than 50 percent? Similar low-income people who did not get food stamps. According to the AMA itself, ate more healthily than those who got food stamps. Same income, same uh, you know, poverty level. One group was getting the government handouts, the other for whatever reason didn't or wouldn't. The non food stamp group consumed significantly fewer sugar sweetened beverages, for instance, and over that time period their diets
3: improved, whereas the people getting the government money. Ate and drank crap. Once again, to the psychology of all this, it's such a psychology experiment. Um wow. And that's the complicated part. If, if you're if if you're under the belief that if you gave people who are struggling just more money, they would spend it on healthy food for their kids and and, and putting away savings for a rainy day, you're just a nut. <laughs>
4: just, In short, they would spend it on the things I want them to spend it on. Uh, Says the professor.
3: And I got a good example from my own life that I want to talk about, but maybe I'll have to jam that into hour four. But um uh, my brother used to manage a convenience store and he was there all the time and he said the, the food stamp crowd bought crap. Um just nonstop soda and candy and crap. So the end of this
4: uh, write-up is the handouts induced people to spend more and also reduced the incentive to work, which fanned inflation. Now there's evidence that the payments could have reduced personal well-being as well. A tome could be written on all of the government mistakes during the pandemic. One lesson for Congress seems clear. Never again send out cash with no strings attached. Well, that's that's a lovely thought, sir. Hilarious. Uh, That would be, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's a madam. Listen to me, the sexist. It's Alicia Finley, who's with the Wall Street Journal editorial (laughs) board.
3: I started crying again. Oh, don't cry.
2: It'll be okay in like 50
4: years.
3: Because of the recession.
4: (laughs) They (laughs) declared it a recession today. (laughs) I just wish I had three kidneys to sell.
3: If you miss an hour of the show, and you probably do, because who could listen to three hours, the first three hours? Uh, Go to Armstrong and Getty On Demand, wherever you get podcasts. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Plasma for
1: sale. Armstrong and Getty. (laughs)